Today, October 5th, and I'm dead serious, it might be the most beautiful day of the calendar year in San Francisco this afternoon. Absolutely gorgeous outside. I've got my uh, it's humid and muggy out floofy hair going. I, I could have gelled that down a little bit. Didn't even bother because au natural. I mean, it's gorgeous out there. So to say that my funky playlist for the VIP room has been tailored around what a gorgeous day full of sundress conditions we actually have uh, would be a massive understatement. So I hope you plan on joining me on the AMP app for the VIP room after we get out of Club Plus. We got some things to go over today. And with it being Cowboys Week, with it being Fleet Week, I'm also declaring today... Kyle Shanahan Appreciation Day. Are you ready? I hope you are, because look, we spend so much time looking for what's wrong with something that we tend to not appreciate things as it's happening. I told you the other day, one of the single greatest strengths of my group of friends throughout my entire life has been the ability to always appreciate the moment in time that you're in. You know, like, isn't this special? Let's not be the people who graduate from college and then look back on that going, oh, those were the best years of my life. I should have appreciated. No, 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 no. We appreciated that in real time. We really did. And we had a great time. You got to appreciate things while they're happening in real time. That's what mature people do. You know, it's very immature to not appreciate something that is borderline historic, and that's what we got going on right now. Can we get just a little, I'm talking just a scotch round of applause for Kyle Shanahan, who is right now riding the second longest regular season winning streak in 49ers franchise history. Like, there's just not enough being made about that. There really isn't. There really isn't. And I feel like one of the reasons why we don't make a big deal out of that is because there's always some asshole in the back of the bar who wants to say, yeah, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Okay, first of all, thanks for introducing new information. We were all quite aware of that. But if all you understand is that the guy who won the Super Bowl good, everyone who didn't bad, you don't understand anything. What Kyle Shanahan is doing is quite remarkable. Since 2019, he's got a 46 and 24 record, and the 49ers have the fourth most wins in the NFL, and that comes with an injury riddled 6 and 10 2020 season where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I mean, you eliminate the first two years of the total rebuild that Kyle had to go through, his winning percentage is really good. Remember, he's in season number seven. He started 10 and 22. His coaching tenure started 10 and 22 in his first two seasons. And even though he's only in season number seven, again, this isn't a number that is a huge brag about it number, but I think it's pretty interesting to note that in Kyle's short amount of time as behind the, you know, as behind as he was the night he took the job, having to do a full roster rebuild over the first two years of his coaching tenure, Kyle Shanahan is already somehow the 90th winningest head coach in NFL history. He's already in the top 100 in wins 
in the history of this league. As a matter of fact, just to throw out some names that a lot of people got respect for, uh, do you realize that Kyle Shanahan has already gotten more wins as a head coach in the NFL than Art Shell, than Buddy Ryan, than Herm Edwards, than Mike Martz, than Bill O'Brien, than Mike Vrabel? You know, some of those guys have Lombardi trophies, and Shanahan's already got more wins than them. He is a significant entity in the coaching world that gets dismissed because he hasn't grabbed the brass ring that is the Lombardi trophy. But then again, the people that are doing that, I'm here to tell you, are immature, they're not students of history, and they don't know what they're talking about. Kyle is really, really good at this. And again, for the, but he has not won a Super Bowl crowd, let's explain how rare and how small of a crowd that really is. I did a little research last night and, you know, research, it's a fancy way of saying I Googled something, but, you know, I, I did. I, I went over a little history because this is where my idea for a little Kyle Shanahan Appreciation Day really started to take root. Do you realize that in the history of the planet, which planet? I'm glad you asked. This one, this planet, planet Earth, in the history of planet Earth, only 35 men have won Super Bowls as NFL head coaches. Only 35 head coaches have won Super Bowls in the history of the planet. And at the risk of sounding crass, nine of them are dead. Nine of those guys are now dead. That means we only have 26 living men who have won Super Bowls as NFL head coaches. That's a really small group. 26 people is not a lot of people. So it's hard to be in that group even when everything is going right. It's really hard to be in that group. Now, Kyle, again, hasn't won a Super Bowl, but you know what he has done? He's picked up six playoff wins in this league already. And that's an impressive total, whether you want to admit to it or not. Again, this is one of those, your opinion can't trump the matter of fact that it's hard to win in a career six playoff games much less six playoff games before before you even enter year number seven as a head coach. Kyle's keeping some pretty good company with those six playoff wins. You also know who's got six playoff wins exactly in their head coaching careers? George Hallis. Papa Bear. George Hallis has six playoff wins. Mike Ditka has six playoff wins. Bruce Arenas has six playoff wins. Dick Vermeil has six playoff wins. And Kyle is tied with them already as he enters now year number seven. This is a guy who turns 44 in December. That's it. Kyle's only 44 years old in December. His dad coached until he was 61 years old. So look, I don't know where Kyle gets off the train. You know, coaches make so much more money now than they did then. Maybe Kyle's not looking at this as I'm going to also coach into my early 60s just like my dad did. 
So maybe that's the way he's thinking, or maybe he's thinking, I'm going to coach longer than my dad ever did. And this is the family business and I'm obsessed with football and I'm never happy sitting at home. So I got to be a football coach. It's just in my DNA. But let's just assume for a moment that Kyle coaches at least as long as his dad. So Kyle is going to coach until he is 61 years old. That means he's got 17 more seasons, 17 more seasons to be an NFL head coach. Would you assume that if Kyle Shanahan coached 17 more years, whether it was for the 49ers or not, but he's just an NFL head coach for 17 more years, would you assume that Kyle would at that point in time, having coached 17 more years, win at least four more playoff games? Now, let's just get, you know, grandiose and say the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl this year. That means Kyle's going to win three playoff games. He's going to win the divisional, the conference championship game, and the Super Bowl. So that's three playoff wins right there. So if the 49ers were to win the Super Bowl this year, Kyle then needs just one more playoff win in the next 17 seasons, if he coaches until he's 61 like his dad, to join the 10-win club of postseason head coaching wins. There are only 18 NFL coaches that have ever won double-digit playoff games. Kyle is four away from joining that club. And 15 of those 18 men, by the way, if Kyle doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, let me just let you know, on his way to 10 playoff wins, which I think is very doable if he were a really coach 17 more years, um, 15 of the 18 men in the I've won at least 10 playoff games in my head coaching career have Super Bowl rings. The only three who don't are Dan Reeves, Marv Levy, and Bud Grant. And I'm going to tell you right now, Dan Reeves, Marv Levy, and Bud Grant are on the very top of the great coaches who've never won Super Bowl line. That's who they are. You know, Marv Levy didn't win a Super Bowl. What do you have to say about Marv Levy other than he's one of the greatest coaches in football history, for God's sakes? He got to four Super Bowls in a row. Yesterday, we're talking about appreciating consistency. Appreciate that. You know, Marv Levy turned into a joke. There's no joke in Marv Levy's career. The guy was fantastic. So, again, if all you understand about the race is who broke the finish line first, you really don't know anything about racing, do you? Oh, that was, that's the sip of the day right there. That was perfect. Was per- these nice mornings, I get up a little earlier, get out of bed a little earlier, which means the coffee goes on a little bit earlier, which is why some of these sip of the days are coming in on the under. I don't know what your line was today, but uh, yeah, we're at a sip of the day before the 12 minute mark. So, you know, track that. Let me just wrap up the Kyle Shanahan Appreciation Day segment with one question. This is a question to ask those who want to tell you what Kyle Shanahan isn't or hasn't done in comparison to the only way to identify a good coach is with the Lombardi Trophy. Let me just ask you this. You have to sign up for a football game that will determine whether or not your favorite pet lives or dies. 
Your team wins the game, your favorite pet lives. Your team loses the game, your favorite pet has its head cut off right in front of you. Now, you only get to choose one head coach from the Sunday night football game that's about to be played down at Levi's Stadium. For a game with your pet's life riding on it, who are you going to pick? Kyle Shanahan or Mike McCarthy? Now, I can't hear you. I can't open up phone lines. I could go ahead and look at the chat right here. I'm guessing an awful lot of people are saying, well, I would take Kyle Shanahan. I'll take Kyle Shanahan. People who don't like Kyle Shanahan might take Kyle Shanahan in the terms of who would you rather have, Kyle Shanahan or Mike McCarthy? After all, Kyle Shanahan has knocked Mike McCarthy's Dallas Cowboys out of the playoffs two years in a row. Who are you going to choose to coach that game with your pet's life riding on it? Well, if you said Kyle Shanahan, what you just admitted is that you're going to take the coach without the Lombardi trophy over the coach who's got one. Kevin McCarthy's got a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan doesn't. I think all of you would take Kyle Shanahan in that game. So obviously, when it comes to coaching acumen, the Super Bowl is not the only way to go about judging it. And if you want to use that as your only way to go about judging it, you're the wrong judge for this case. It's really good to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping on by today. Um, I had a wonderful conversation yesterday with the uh, the East Coast Red and Gold podcast and Jess who runs that podcast and her podcasting network is saying I'm here for this today she signed up for a little Kyle Shanahan appreciation day thank you very much Stacy Leo says it's my favorite group ever Stacy you're one of our favorite members of this group ever thank you so much for hanging out Michelle Haberman tries to win one race every day of her life she tries to be the first person in the chat room and she usually gets beat by the postman oy, oy, oy. In Capitola, who, again, he's a postman. He's he's probably up earlier than all of us, right? Um, and True Blue Forever, got to love him. He says, I'm only here to not get fined. Okay, that's, that's fair, too. You got to save money wherever you can. But it's time to appreciate things as they're happening. You know, it, it's time to look around and say, my God, you know, there have been a lot of ups and downs in this Kyle Shanahan tenure, but there's way more ups than downs. And even when things are as up as humanly possible, I still have several people trying to tell me that things are down. Nope, they're not. But what if they lose to the Cowboys? Well, then I'm sure the sky will be falling and everyone who's got their knives sharpened to tell you whatever the Niners are not are going to be jumping all over that. But let's see how many weeks in a row that that lasts. Again, Kyle's got a 14-game regular season winning streak. Only your grandfather rooting for the mid-90s, early, or the, the, the late-80s, mid-90s Niners knows excellence like that. You know, there's a lot of people who didn't, it didn't even, weren't around this team for the Mike Nolan era. Weren't around this team for Dennis Erickson and how bad it was. You know, you think you got quarterback problems? Let me bring you back to the memories of Cowboy Cody Pickett. Well, tell me about quarterbacking problems. Good Lord. You know, little experience matters along the way. 
It is an absolutely gorgeous day outside. It is the perfect day to pick up a sandwich from Ike's or have one delivered to you, whether you're at home or your office or at an undisclosed location. Get yourself a sandwich from Ike's, take it outside, and have a beautiful lunch this afternoon. Trust Damon, it's the right thing to do. You can trust Damon when I tell you I'm going to be ordering an Ike sandwich and going out in my backyard and putting on some more music as I continue to build out Funk Week and really enjoy a beautiful day outside. I suggest you go ahead and you do the same and enjoy a delicious sandwich from Ike's, who is my man. Thank you so much, Ike, for sponsoring all that we do over here. If you went ahead and signed up for your one day of free handicapping by using promo code DAMON at bottomlinebets.com and you chose yesterday to do that, you went 4-0. Stefan was 4-0 in playoff baseball. Again, my man's a baseball whiz. I know a lot of you are waiting to use this promo code for Saturday, college football. Also going to give you the, uh, the, the next round of playoffs in baseball. Maybe you're waiting until Sunday, but I'm telling you, this is the week to find out for yourself why I'm proud to be partnered with BottomLineBets.com here on the Plus. And my man, Stefan, is giving away a day of free handicapping. All you got to do is when you sign up, Use promo code DAMON and you will get a free day of handicapping from my man Stefan. Forget about me telling you about the wins that you weren't enjoying because you weren't signed up. Sign up now, use promo code DAMON, and start winning with my man Stefan a free day of handicapping at bottomlinebets.com. You have six days to use that promo code before it evaporates. So check it out. And do it now. This is a call to action. I'm asking you to go to bottomlinebets.com and get a free day of handicapping. Sign up right now. Use promo code Damon. And speaking of calls to action, um, how awesome is yet this T-shirt that I'm wearing? Every single T-shirt that I get from Jack's SF is just unbelievable. Jax is on Chestnut Street. That's where their brick and mortar store is. If you can't make it there, go to jaxsf.com. That's two S's, J-A-C-K-S-S-F.com and start looking at the coolest collection of vintage t-shirts. Many of them, this one included, are exclusive to Jax. You're only going to find them there. The Mission Reds, by the way, and this is what I love. These t-shirts aren't just cool looking. They're little history lessons. The Mission Reds were a 1926 PCL team that played until about the early 30s and then got, you know, taken over and moved to L.A. because the what the Seals came to town. So the Mission Reds is an old, defunct PCL team that played in San Francisco. I love T-shirts like that. Jax has the coolest collection of vintage T-shirts. Your Christmas shopping will be done at jacksf.com and if you use promo code DamonBruce10 you get 10% off your order. DamonBruce10 jacksf.com DamonBruce10 is a promo code for 10% off the coolest collection of t-shirts. I know every single one of you is going to go there and I, how about this? You go there and I dare you to only buy one t-shirt. Like I dare you. Just one t-shirt. You can't do it. You can't do it. Go to Jack's, check out the website, 
Better yet, just walk right into the store on Chestnut Street if you're in the city on a gorgeous afternoon and start looking through the coolest collections of vintage sports t-shirts you are going to find anywhere on the West Coast. It's really special stuff. It's really special stuff. Um, I have no business deal with Jack. We're not changing money. This is straight up trade out. I'm like, I will give you thousands of dollars worth of free advertising if you give me hundreds of dollars worth of free t-shirts. And he's like, let's do it. So keep me dripping in t-shirts and get yourself the drip that are Jack's t-shirts. Look at me using the modern, isn't that cool language. Oh boy. Damon Bruce 10 is your promo code. You know, I'm going to put this up on Twitter. I'm going to put it on Facebook and you got to start checking out that website for yourself. Um, as I was talking yesterday with the East Coast Red and Gold podcast and Jess, who runs it, she does a, a really nice job. Uh, I, I appreciate them having me on yesterday. You know, she she said, uh, she said that she believes that the 49ers can win 15 games this year, go 15 and two. And she asked me, what do you think their record's going to be? And, you know, I told her, I said, look, I appreciate you asking the question. I've re never really been a, let me predict the season type of guy, but I have a baseline for what I think is going to be determining a successful season or not for the 49ers. And the baseline is 12 games. You want the 49ers to win 12 games this year. More than that is gravy. Less than that feels a little unacceptable based on who they are and what they're doing and early returns on this season. I want a 12-win season out of the, uh, the the 49ers, and I think it's doable. You know, I'm trying to be realistic. 15-2, and two, is that realistic? I mean, I, I don't know. It could be for this group. That's how good they look so far. But I'm going to tell you, that would put Kyle two games over the best win total he's ever had. The most wins Kyle has ever had in the NFL as a head coach is 13 wins. So let's see where he goes. Let's see if he can actually get there. What I do know is I, I, I told Jess, you know, right now, Everything is really good with the Niners, and I love joining their podcast because they're looking at all this through the prism of positivity, and, you know, it, it, this is really good. Let's enjoy it. Like, they're, they're my kind of people. They want to enjoy what they're seeing as they're looking at it. But the question of, like, what could possibly go wrong, of course, did come up, and I just said, look, it's real simple right now. We are standing on the bow of the Titanic. It's Leo and Kate and I'm king of the world. That's where Niners fans are. They're on the bow of the Titanic, open seas, beautiful sunset. The sky's turning orange. You're about to go downstairs and, and fuck in the Model T in steerage. And, and you're going to have a really good time. But there's an iceberg out there. I don't know when the iceberg is going to hit the 49ers, but it's out there. Maybe they're going to, in this one year, be able to steer around that iceberg, but it's out there. It's in the ocean. Look out. But right now, yeah, king of the world. It's great to be a Niner fan right now. Hopefully, it's going to be great to be a 49er fan come Sunday night after they beat the Dallas Cowboys. And I do think that they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys, but it's going to be a slobber knocker looking for things that might not be measuring up to standards. You know, what, what's going on with special teams? Is there a problem with special teams? Should we still be concerned with special teams? Well, you know, again, no, 
Not, not really. Not right now. Jake Moody, who you were worried about missing kicks, hasn't missed a kick. So you got to use those data points to make an argument. The guy hasn't missed yet. Should I be worried about him missing? Should you be worried about the guy missing who hasn't missed a kick yet? No. It's going to happen. No one's perfect, but I wouldn't be worried. Well, what about Mitch Wisnowski? What about this punting game? Well, right now, Mitch is second in Pro Football Focus's punting grade. He's had eight of his 11 punts die inside the 20-yard line. The punt coverage unit has allowed just 16 return yards over the first four games of the year. So nothing to really worry about there. The key to this entire year, as simplistic as this sounds and as simplistic as this is, it's health. If the 49ers stay healthy, sky's the limit, straight up. If the first iceberg they hit is unhealthy at a critical position, well, depending on what that position is, it could change things quite a bit. You know, I wouldn't want to lose Debo for too many weeks or Ayuk for too many weeks or Kittle for too many weeks in a row. But I do think that you could sustain a championship level of winning with an injury to those guys. You know, Fred Warner going down would be bad. Nick Bosa going down, Drake Greenlaw, Talanoa Hufanga, even though Jair Brown is in the room. I, I just I, I wouldn't want to see any of that. But if you had to choose an injury, I would choose from that list of players or the list of the other players that we already talked about before I would say Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey. That's your iceberg. You want to avoid that. So it's just uh, it's a really, really good year. Appreciate it while it's happening. And appreciate the excellent football and the great returns and the exciting games while you got them. Because they could be taken away from you via stretcher or cart. I guess we haven't seen a stretcher on a football field in a while. But you know what I mean. Easy come, easy go. Actually, it's not easy to come, but it is easy to go. Yes, I realize what I just said out loud. We move on. So Kyle Shanahan Appreciation Day on a gorgeous day in San Francisco. Felt right. Felt good to me. I hope it feels good to you. I feel good about it. I hope you feel good about it. Um, by the way, how, how are the backup glasses doing for you? Jillian told me this morning that my backup glasses make me look more professorial. Maybe we can get La Profesora to weigh in on that one. She's the professor the professor, what am I, what am I, the professor expert around here. I, I, maybe I need a little bit more caffeine. I'm like, professor. So professorial, I think that these glasses pick up more reflection of the ring light that I'm looking into to be well lit for you. And I don't see professor. I see the Macy Gray video where she's got the ringlets in her eyes. I feel like Macy Gray more than I feel like a, a professor. I, I've never felt like Macy Gray before. I feel good about it. I really do. I saw her at a, a, a major league baseball all-star media event where she was singing in a tent 
when the Giants did the All-Star game back in 2007. She was really good, man. Macy Gray was good. So uh, let me tell you that the media world that we're all living in right now is changing and shifting dramatically right underneath our feet. Obviously, it shifted so dramatically underneath my feet that it landed my ass here with you. Uh, We are watching what used to be be disassembled to build what will be all around sports and media. Uh, One of the things that I was sharing with my Indiana fans and alumni was the fact that Indiana games are appearing all over the place this year. And you're going to need Peacock to watch like an Indiana Purdue game, an Indiana Michigan game. These are these are games that look, here's the thing. When Indiana plays Purdue, when Indiana plays Purdue, the world fucking stops as far as I'm concerned. When that when that basketball game happens, I don't care what's going on, I'm watching it. So I am going to have to sign up for Peacock to watch Indiana Purdue and Indiana Michigan and a few other Big Ten games, and they know what they're doing. They're taking high-profile games and they're putting them in you-need-to-pay-to-watch-them places. It is so obnoxious. You need so many cable services to either watch every Warriors game or every Giants game or every, you know, you got, you, you've got four or five different platforms with some level of exclusivity around these leagues where you, you got to spend an awful lot of money as a sports fan. Now I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sure Peacock is a fine streaming service, but I've already got Netflix and Amazon prime and Apple TV, and I don't need Peacock. But apparently now it's being forced upon me. So I'm going to have to get it because I'm addicted to this shit. You know, you put my heroin over there. Well, and I guess I got to get over there. They know what they're doing. I saw Neil Best in Newsday write an article about a harbinger of things to come. And honestly, with the way that so many streaming services are getting their hooks into teams, I think I'd like to go around the streaming services. Now, I'm telling you, if cable companies are the bad guy today, streaming services are going to be the new bad guy of tomorrow, and you're going to hate Netflix as much as you hated Cablevision or Comcast eventually. That's all coming. You can see it. Well, um, Neil Best in Newsday was writing an article about what the New York Knicks are doing this year. The Knicks offer their games on their app, MSG+. Plus. Plus, uh, MSG Plus will let you buy the Knicks season to watch there for like $350, $399, gets you the ability to stream any Knicks game you want. Like, all right, if you're a big Knicks fan, that's probably a pretty good deal. You'll take that deal. You know, you're going to spend more on all these damn streaming services and your cable bill. Uh, over the course of a couple uh, over the course of a year than $300. So if all you want to do is watch the Knicks, you just buy directly from them. This direct to consumer thing is about to happen over and over and over again in sports. And believe me, the Warriors are smart enough to do this soon too. If you don't want the entire season though, they're going to offer you single games for 10 bucks. A single game for 10 bucks. 
it's a pretty good deal when you think about, you know, it's going to give me about three hours of entertainment for 10 bucks. That's a bargain these days, right? Um, if the New York Knicks playing a total throwaway game on a Tuesday night against the Indiana Pacers is worth 10 bucks, what would 49ers and Cowboys be worth to a diehard 49er or Cowboy fan this weekend be worth? I'm telling you, we're eventually, once the math model spits out this is worth more to you, NFL, they're going to put the Super Bowl as a pay-per-view event. The Super Bowl will be a pay-per-view event in our lifetime. You want to watch the Super Bowl? That's $99.95. I mean, you're watch, you're spending more than that to watch dudes wrestle. You know, pretend sports are being sold for more than $99 in a pay-per-view. What do you think you can do with the actual biggest game in the biggest sport in America? How much would that be worth? It's only a matter of time before the micro subscriptions thing that we were hearing about a few years ago becomes a reality as well. You know, let's just say I'm not, I didn't want to watch this game, but oh, what are you telling me? We're tied 105-105 with four minutes left to play. I'll buy the end of that game for 99 cents. $1.99 for a fourth quarter of a tight Warriors game. Yeah, okay, I'll go ahead and buy that. Micro subscriptions, I think, are absolutely coming at some point. And this direct-to-consumer thing, again, once ESPN goes there, everybody's going to follow. Once ESPN is like, you know, no more cable TV, you want ESPN, you're just going to have to buy the app, download it, it's going to cost you $25 a month or whatever they're going to cost, and you'll pay it. You will absolutely pay it because sports fans will not be denied access to the teams that they cared about. And these companies know that this is the last real carrot to dangle in front of a segmented audience that, well, I've got my favorite show over here, and then my wife's got her favorite show over here, and we don't really watch together. But the one thing we all do watch together is football. It's the last thing that gets all of America into the tent to watch it live as it's happening. Football. So it's only a matter of time. Again, if the hapless Knicks are onto it, it's only a matter of time. You enjoying the playoff baseball? I hope you are. Uh, today was supposed to be, if necessary, Thursday. And what do you know? None of these games were, were necessary. So if necessary, Thursday canceled for every single wild card round was swept. The next round begins on Saturday. We got Fleet Week. It's going to be gorgeous outside. But keeping you glued to your couch is going to be some college football and a huge day of playoff baseball beginning at 10 a.m. on FS1. We got Rangers and Orioles followed by Twins and Astros. Then you flip over to TBS around 3 o'clock. You got Phillies and Braves. And then Diamondbacks and Dodgers is your nightcap. All interesting series. I'm in. I like it. By the way, Phillies playoff crowds, dude, those are awesome crowds. Those are awesome crowds. Some of the best in Major League playoff history. That Stotts Grand Slam last night, that place went bonkers. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, anyone else uh, notice that Bruce Bochy's at it again? Bruce Bochy. 
Picks up two playoff wins his first time into the postseason with the Texas Rangers. By the way, that is playoff win number 55 and 56 for Boach, and he is now fifth most all-time Major League history in playoff games won. And I couldn't help but notice, just I'm going to throw this out there. I'm done judging this situation, but I'm just going to throw this out there as a matter of fact because it's true. The Minnesota Twins won a playoff series for the first time since 2002 yesterday. Now, Carlos Correa didn't have a great year, but I can't help but notice that the team that he ended up on is in the post the postseason, and the two teams that passed on adding Carlos Correa, the Giants and Mets, are not. Guess who's had two back-to-back big playoff games for the Minnesota Twins after having a very ho-hum regular season? The star that is Carlos Correa. This guy has been turning in some unbelievable defensive plays at shortstop for the Minnesota Twins, and he's driven in a go-ahead run in a playoff game. Stars matter. You're going to want them. You're going to want to implement a star into your lineup as much as any math equation that you think would help it as well. I saw a really interesting comment today uh, from someone who reached out and commented on a YouTube video that Larry and I put out about Gabe Kapler's firing. And, you know, he was talking about Farhan and he just said, you know, Damon, you made a point that Farhan got caught flat footed in the new rule book. The new rule book demands you have a faster, more aggressive on the base paths, younger, more athletic baseball team now than ever before. And teams that embrace that had very interesting, entertaining and fun years. And teams that didn't embrace it are basically all of them. The three slowest teams in baseball, I believe, were the Yankees, the White Sox and the Giants. All three of them are on the outside of the postseason looking in. So. There's no doubt that Farhan got got caught flat-footed on that trend. You want to know another thing that he got caught flat-footed on? The whole concept of you're not allowed to shift anymore. Extreme shifts being banned from the game has changed the importance of whatever math he was throwing out on the field. And I think he got caught flat-footed there. Again, if all of your baseball strategy involves trigonometry, when angles start changing, so better your equation. So there's another place that Farhan got caught flat-footed as we're enjoying postseason baseball. Now, in another baseball story, that is certainly awkward to talk about. It was very awkward when it was happening. And boy, I was working with Ray Ratto on the radio at the time, and Ray wanted nothing to do with this story. And it was about Trevor Bauer. And obviously, Trevor Bauer is pretty much a very unlikable person. It doesn't seem like a lot of his teammates ever really glommed on to him. I do know that when he got into his dire legal trouble, not a single person who played with Trevor Bauer came to try to help him, right? Like, Danny Masterson of that 70s show gets accused and is convicted of rape 
And he's got people offering testimonials saying, look, what he did was wrong, but the guy that I knew isn't that guy. Danny Masterson had that happen to him. Trevor Bauer had nobody come try to help him or explain away that he's really just misunderstood. He's a good guy. He's not all bad. He's likable. He's a good team. Nobody. Trevor Bauer treated everyone around him like an asshole. And the minute it was time to say goodbye to Trevor Bauer, there wasn't one person going, oh, no, wait, let's give him another chance. Not one. So without going into too much detail, the Trevor Bauer story has to do with him getting uberly sexually aggressive to the point where getting violent with a woman. The woman that he got violent with basically texted him and said, next time we get together to have sex, I want you to rough me up, choke me, make me pass out. I like being slapped around a little. And once it was proven to me, that she sent those texts to him, even though what he did was bad, I couldn't help but think, that's consent. You know, she's saying, I want you to punch me. And he's like, okay. Now, I, I you could ask me to punch you all you, you want. Jillian could be like, damn it, I want you to choke me out. I'd be like, nah, honey, it's just, I'm not doing it. I know it's not me. It's not. So it is maybe who he is. I don't know. Like, I don't like it. The whole thing is smarmy to say the least, but, and this is something that Ray didn't want to talk about. I have some people that I know in San Diego that said this woman that is accusing this of Trevor Bauer is an absolute psychopath. She is a San Diego resident. She is going around trying to fuck San Diego Padres and play this down here. And she is such a big Padre fan. She said that I'm going to try to scuttle the Dodgers success and maybe go try to get Trevor Bauer in trouble to be profitable to myself and to help the San Diego Padres. Like, that's some unhinged shit that I was told was part of the story that hasn't gone public. Fast forward to Trevor Bauer being thrown out of Major League Baseball. Fast forward to Trevor Bauer having to go pitch over in Japan because no team would pick up a former Cy Young Award winner for $750,000 Major League minimum. He became so toxic as the legal process was playing out. Well, here we are. Now, at the end of that legal process, and all I'm telling you is all the shit that I was saying to defend what I do think is indefensible action and maybe give a vote of confidence to someone who doesn't deserve votes of confidence, all the stuff that I was saying like, hey, let's not rush to judge. The pitcher and his accusers have both dropped their lawsuits. No money is changing hands. This is over. He, when it's all said and done, is not being charged with a crime, is not settling with this woman out of court, which means what for his future? I don't know. 
but it certainly seems like there was a lot of prejudging Trevor Bauer in the media. And again, it was a story that was easy to point out and say, I don't like him. I don't like that. I don't like that behavior. It's all wrong. Well, Trevor Bauer is now sharing some of the text because one of his conditions of settling this was not only am I not paying you, but I'm not agreeing to any gag order. Like I'm talking about this in public going forward to try to clear my own name. Trevor Bauer sent and showed and shared texts from this woman publicly. Her name is Lindsay Hill, and she has punted on being a victim here. So it's not like we're identifying the victim of sexual assault. What I think we're identifying is a woman who tried to go out of her way to blackmail a major league pitcher. It certainly is the way she described the situation to a third party that she was texting with about Trevor Bauer. Lindsay Hill, texting with one of her friends, described Trevor Bauer as her next victim, the star pitcher for the Dodgers. Hill asking a friend, what should I steal from him? She got the answer from the friend, take his money. Another text that she sends to a friend is, I'm going to his house on Wednesday. I already have my hooks in. Followed by a screen grab of a conversation saying, you know how I roll. In other words, this woman is baiting Trevor Bauer into a situation. Then he claims that after the first time that he met her, uh, she said his net worth is $51 million. Bitch, you better secure the bag. And look, you can go online and find out that there is a, a, a like proudly bragging community of women who are like, yeah, get him, get, get yourself into the hooks of a professional ball player. Uh, use your pussy as bait and then take him for the money. Like there is a, a cottage industry going on that these women then brag about these conquests on podcasts and shit. And it's amazing. When asked how she could get his $51 million, she wrote, I need daddy to choke me out. I'm being an absolute whore to try to get in on that $51 million. Again, I was onto something that nobody, Ray, no one wanted discussed. It's hard to discuss these things on radio, on YouTube. It's a little bit easier because I don't have some nervous program director or a co-host who's going to shit his pants because this topic is too hot for him. I'm telling you, Trevor Bauer absolutely seems like a first-class asshole. The woman who tried to ensnare and entrap Trevor Bauer in this he beat me up, choked me out shit seems as awful as he is. The two of them are really perfect for each other if you think about it. But how about that? The two of them both dropped their lawsuits, no money being changed. He's not agreeing to a gag order, and he's going to talk about this going forward. This is some fascinating shit. You want to talk about a turn of the conversation? 
It's turned. It's an awful lot like the Buffalo Bills punter who got accused of being in on a gang rape, only to then learn, oh, he was never even at that party that he was accused of being gang raped in this girl. I mean, it, it, like, it is real easy to use 24-inch font to say, this guy's awful. But then when you find out there are some details that are left out of that, the retraction is always in this size font. Always in this size font. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. So look, we're about to get into Club Plus. I'm sure that this has become a topic over there. We'll see what you're talking about. And then again, we are keeping it funky all week long. The funky playlist continues today on AMP. As soon as we leave Club Plus for the VIP room, we now have over 250 people following me over on the AMP app. We've got, oh, about 20, 30 people coming in to enjoy the music that I have curated it makes it sound very fancy like i'm like i'm running a museum right i've curated this music for you and i'm going to tell you right now my taste in music is unbelievable i got good taste in music i got good taste in women and i can prove it with my set list and my wife by the way a little other sign that we're living in a new world where boundaries and laws that you used to think were sacrosanct are now changing quickly. Did you see that the University of Utah will be giving every football player on scholarship a Dodge Ram 1500 worth roughly $60,000 per truck? If you're a scholarship football player for the Utes, you get a pickup truck. When I used to think of NCAA violations, free car was at the top of the list, right? Now you can get it. And the only thing that you need to do to maintain it is sign up for an element of community service. And if you're a full Scully Ute player, it's there you go. Who's going to be the first university giving away Ferraris? Who's, I mean, if, if you get a pickup truck at Utah, I at least better get a new Corvette if I'm the starting quarterback at USC. How about that? $60,000 truck for a college kid. Is that an impermissible benefit? No, actually, uh, everyone gets one. <laughs> wow. The times, they are a-changing. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in today. Again, that podcast is growing. The YouTube channel is growing. I thank all of you for helping me do that. Whatever success you see me having over year is predicated on you being a part of it. Thank you so very much for all your loyalty, all your passion, caring about this. It means an awful lot to me, my family. Thank you so very, very much. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, whew, He's gone.